Hello and welcome to European Pharmaceutical Reviews podcast. In this episode, we're exploring the use of precision medicine in cancer treatment with Letitia Guillot, the Vice President, EMEA Commercial Strategy Lead in Oncology, and Edmund Chan, EMEA Therapeutic Area Lead in Hematology at Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson. My name is Hannah Balfour. I'm the Assistant Editor of European Pharmaceutical Review, and I will be your host today. The precision medicine market for oncology is anticipated to grow to almost $150 billion by 2030, owing to the rising incidence of cancer worldwide, among other factors. In this podcast, Letitia and Ed will discuss why precision medicine is applied in cancer, some of the challenges associated with its development and implementation into healthcare, and what Janssen expects the future of precision medicine may look like. Hi, Letitia and Ed. Thank you very much for joining me on this podcast today. So to start us off, could one of you tell me what is precision medicine and why is it of particular interest for the treatment of cancer? So hello. Um, nice to be here together with uh, Ed today. So precision medicine is of particular interest because cancer is not homogeneous. So it means that precision medicine allows us to more effectively target specific tumor types based on genetic factors. We have already seen significant growth uh, um, across cancer research within the last decade, particularly in the field of hematology. Precision medicine is really something that has transformative potential because it allows us uh, to target specific factors that influence disease, helping us to provide the right treatment to the right patient at the right time. Is there anything you want to add to Letitia's description of precision medicine? Thank you. So building on Letitia's um, view on precision medicine, I would also like to add, I see precision medicine as three elements. The first one is precision diagnosis to find the right patient for the treatment. The second is a precision treatment, giving the best therapy for the right patient. Thirdly, is a precision in outcome measurement, how to find a surrogate market to predict long-term response and also monitor the patient in the long run. I believe precision medicine is, is a combination of all these three pillars and cannot be thought about one without the others. Great. That's a really interesting way of thinking about it. And what types of precision medicine are currently being used in oncology? So... Precision medicine takes many forms, uh, but it's based on the principle where when treating a patient, an approach is highly targeted based on the range of factors. For example, the patient's disease type, the health status, and also the patient characteristics. And as I said earlier, there are three key pillars of precision medicine, and that's what oncologists are working on too, is looking at the diagnosis, the treatment, and also the ways to measure the outcome. At Jensen, we have some specific example of uh, what we are currently developing in precision medicine. Uh, for example, in Jensen, we are focusing on CAR-T, which is a novel and highly personalized treatment class that works by harnessing the power of patients' own immune system to target cancer cells, expressing a specific antigen. We also see that in lung cancer too. In lung cancer, um, 
we are working on the tolerable targeted therapy options for patients with certain mutation in non-small cell lung carcinoma, really using the patient's immune system to destroy the cancer cells. So there is a broad umbrella, umbrella of treatment, and, but there's also a need to keep for us to exploring to continue advancing uh, this treatment in collaboration with patients and scientists and healthcare providers. So if we are so focusing now on the solid tumor, and uh, I would like to take the example of lung cancer. The recent years have really brought a better understanding of the disease and the different subtypes, leading to the fact that some subtypes, such as exon 20 insertion within EGFR mutation, have been able to be identified as having a negative prognostic factors. So patients suffering from that are, are dying a lot quicker. And as such, for us, Focusing research is really to better understand this type of subtype and to better answer the unmet medical need of patients suffering from lung cancer and specifically from this mutation. So for us, there is really a need to keep exploring, advancing in this area, and this can only be done through a specific collaboration and obviously with the target to bring innovation to patients. Great. And... Which types of cancer are currently being targeted with precision therapies? So targeted therapy is a rapidly growing field in cancer research. So this is something evolving constantly. And research finding new targets for more cancer every year. For example, in multiple myeloma, in non-small cell lung carcinoma, leukemia, prostate cancer, bladder cancer, for example. At Janssen, we take an opportunity of targeted transformation focusing on cancer where we think we can truly make a meaningful impact with precision medicine. In hematology, multiple myeloma is a disease where despite the advances that have been made in patients' care, relapse still occur and consider inevitable. Around 50% of newly diagnosed patients do not reach the five-year survival. Precision medicine has the potential to make a difference here not just improve the treatment efficacy or duration of remission, but also with things that improve quality of life, such as reducing side effects or the time patients spend on treatment. Last year, so in 2020, over half a million of people were diagnosed with lung cancer, and the majority of them had NSCLC. If you are an NSCLC patient whose disease has certain mutations, current treatment options are limited in both number and efficacy. So finding treatment that can target these mutations more effectively is really an urgent need. And from a vision perspective, if we want one day to be able to tackle those cancers, to induce chronic states, or even intercept it so early that we can be potentially curing them, and solid tumor is a little bit more far away for that, precision medicine, and especially the biomarker-driven approach, would be key. As such... Targeting areas like prostate cancer, you know, if I'm taking that example as well with precision medicine now, is bringing us closer to the broader vision that we have in the future to tackle the cancer up to a cure. And are there any exciting emerging technologies in precision medicine that could enable these cures to happen? So I think that when you are talking about precision medicine, you know, and you are working in the pharma industry or in the, in the science, we all feel like it's full of exciting emerging technologies, even the ones already discussed, um, you know, uh, like CAR-T, they are continuing to evolve day, uh, day over day. So if I'm taking an example again from the solid tumor, 
areas such as oncolytic uh, viruses hold really exciting potential in the treatment of solid tumors. And this is thanks to the priming and augmenting of an anti-tumor immune response. It has been researched for many, many, many years, but now we are a little, um, little closer to maybe potentially find a solution. We are also seeing continuous innovation across the precision medicine spectrum. So many of these technologies are incredibly exciting. And although we have made great strides, there are still challenges to overcome and things we can improve on and uh, to make uh, them as effective as possible for patients. And if I'm taking one example, you know, still, and, and, and sorry, uh, NSCLC is one of the best examples, you know, to showcase all of that. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm taking one of the most mutation uh, that is present in NSCLC, which is the EGFR mutation, when the patients that have this typical mutation respond well to the first-line inhibitor therapy, al almost all of them will eventually develop resistance. The most common one is called T790M uh, or treonine 790 to methionine in exon 20 of EGFR, but many other mechanisms have been identified, such as MET genning um, amplification and also the pathway PIK3CA. As such, you know, we mentioned already earlier, but the close collaboration with the oncology community really will help us to tackle this specific area of focus. So it was a really good example, Natasha, on the, this example on, on precision medicine in treatment. Um, but may I follow up with a, another interesting example on the patient monitoring side? We talked about the three pillars of precision medicine, the finding the right patient, giving the right treatment, and this is a really good example of monitoring the patient afterwards. So in the hematology space, particularly multiple myeloma, there's a concept called minimal residual disease or MRD. So what we observe is in some patients, despite they may have achieved a complete response following therapy as defined by the conventional treatment, they still go on relapse despite they go on clinical response, they still have residual disease that later come back and cause trouble. So in multiple myeloma, we use different techniques. One of those is called gene sequencing. It is to identify if any residual disease that left in the bone marrow. So we will take the bone marrow samples and see whether we find the matching uh, genetics. If that does exist, roughly an estimate how much we got left. There's another way moving forward too is, as I said, this is a bone marrow test. There are technology developing that uh, we will be monitoring the, this minimal residual disease using blood itself. So it really help us to predict whether patients' disease reappearing after the treatment. And I think this is a really great tool for precision medicine going forward. That's really interesting. And I suppose much better if you can take someone's blood than if you have to take their bone marrow because it's so much more invasive. So why don't we move on now and talk a little bit about some of the challenges that are associated with developing precision medicine? Who would like to talk to me about that? Sure. Um, so I think the precision medicine itself, the, the, the important thing of precision medicine is targeting the right target and often the process itself is quite very complex and it requires input from many stakeholders and therefore needing a very effective alignment between different groups to make sure it works. So from this experience that we know collaboration is integral and is extremely important in this in this coordination and process to allow us continue working with patients 
patient efficacy group and our partner. So really to find the tailored approach as to precision medicine. If you take CAR-T, for example, so one challenge is CAR-T is not the conventional off-the-shelf medicine anymore. It is a process. This process involves many, many steps. The patient journey starts from finding the right patients. Then the patients need to be referred to a certified CAR-T center. Then the process includes taking blood for a T-cell extraction. Then the the, the T-cells need to be manufactured to train in a way to identify the cancer. And then we need to reinfuse the CAR T cell back to the patient and then monitoring afterwards. So involve many, many steps and also involve a huge amount of time commitment from patient as well as the carer. That's a very good point <laughs> that it's so heavily involved for patients and carers and almost every stakeholder involved. But what impact do these more personalized therapies have on the manufacturing of medicine? And are there any challenges associated with their production? So personalized therapy, by their nature, have an impact on on manufacturing. And this is due to the fact that they have different requirements to a more one-size-fits-all treatment. So they can require additional expenditure on manufacturing infrastructure. But precision medicine may also help to optimize the use of healthcare resources and reduce, in fact, the cost overall. So in order to reach this point, there is a need to continue to develop how we deliver robust manufacturing of these treatments, particularly as precision medicine continues to become a bigger part of the landscape. So take Cartier, for example. Ed mentioned it very well earlier in the interview, but instead of an off-the-shelf treatment, Cartier is really the process where we take the patient natural T-cells from peripheral blood train the T-cells to fight the cancer, then reinfuse back to the patient as a treatment. This means that each treatment is bespoke uh, to an individual, which makes it very precise, but of course also provides new challenges in terms of therapy manufacture. There is a lot of innovative work going on across the industry to address this, as we look to establish new processes that are tailored specifically to the needs of CAR-T. So... Why don't we move on to talk more specifically about Janssen's uh, precision medicine portfolio? So what is Janssen Oncology currently working on with regards to precision medicine? So I must emphasize patient is the core everything Janssen does. So patients are a critical partner with the Janssen development every single piece of area of our work. And also, I must emphasize, this is very important to ensure the patient's voice are heard throughout this process. This is important for us to integrate uh, the patient's perspective in the whole treatment process for many reasons. One is by working with them to understand and define the medicine, the precision medicine outcome that address the patient's priority, whether it is improve the survival or improve the quality of life, or to ensure that these are being captured and monitored in clinical trial and taking account to help future patients when making their decisions. Another thing is around education. We also need to ensure that patients have sufficient information to know and also to inform them to participate in the decision-making process in their treatment and also better understand the benefit and implication to them of these therapies. To do that, to understand the perspective we can tailor 
the process of precision medicine education accordingly to suit these patients. And just as a sort of add-on question, um, has COVID and how aware people have become of the pharmaceutical industry and drug development actually changed how um, involved patients want to be in this process? So in terms of the COVID experience have changed every single touch point of everyone's life. So from our collaboration with patients, that's also changed quite massively. So we start working a lot more of the digital interaction with the patients during the clinical trial. And they certainly, they certainly appreciate that because there's also concern getting hospital, regular hospital visits. That's really interesting. And I definitely think it's something that a lot of people have been noting in the industry is this idea of patient centricity and transparency between the pharmaceutical industry and the patients now, uh, where they were inspired by uh, needing to follow the vaccine journey. So what is Janssen Oncology currently working on with regards to precision medicine? So we at uh, Janssen Oncology, we are always striving to make a meaningful impact in the areas of greatest unmet medical need. So precision medicine is something that we are committed to continuing to innovate in. We are looking at addressing the urgent need for new, tolerable, targeted therapy options for patients with certain NSCLC mutations. And if we are looking at different approaches also uh, in hematology to training the blood cells to recognize cancer, as we, we mentioned several times with current CAR-T treatment as an example, and also researching whether there is a way to provide a treatment that can do the same targeting while also eliminating the training element. I think that I would invite you to hear more about our latest work at the uh, American Society of Hematology, ASH, um, annual meeting. This one is always uh, taking place in December. So just like in both hematology oncology team, in Janssen, we are working very closely with academic societies in the research field to help us to, 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 to build the diagnosis, to find the patients with cancer much earlier, and also to help the clinicians to identify patients who will be most benefit from targeted therapy, as well as working with the scientific community, the regulatory community, as well as the payer bodies to discover surrogate markets that will be most impactful on monitoring, monitoring patients' care. And are there any particular indications with high unmet need that Janssen Oncology believe precision medicine could be particularly transformative for? So precision medicine would be a very important focus for the development of cancer treatment in the future, especially in Janssen. So cancer is a deeply heterogeneous disease. Now, however, uh, with advance in science and technology in precision medicine, we could do. We believe we could do much more for our patients, for to offer a much more uh, precise treatment to patients to reduce the side effects, really to transform the cancer outcome. In terms of uh, other indications, I believe solid tumor like uh, bladder, prostate, and lung cancer, and blood cancers like multiple myeloma and chronic lymphocytic leukemias are conditions that have significant unmet need, where patients definitely need further innovations. And that's where Jensen is committed to do our work right now. And I think if I can add on top of what you just said, Ed, um, that is extremely important. The science advancements uh, really helps us to also focus on the biomarker-driven strategies, allowing to study potential assets 
in different tumor type and once at once uh, for which a specific biomarker would be overexpressed. And this is a unicorn that uh, we are looking at um, currently as we speak. And where could precision medicine be in the next five to 10 years, do you think? So moving forward, the pace of advancement in precision medicine is likely to continue to accelerate. For Janssen specifically, our capability of collaborating and creating strong partnership with the scientific community will enable us to lead on scientific and technological advances to positively impact the implementation of precision medicine practices. The scientific community has also collected large data sets from patients that have the potential to drive research forward and uncover further application for precision medicine in clinical practice specifically. The increased availability of genomic data coupled with artificial intelligence techniques, such as machine learning, will further increase the pace of innovation and help precision medicine to spread into ever wider areas of medicine. For example, we may see the introduction of decision-making tools that will help clinicians decide what tests to give their patients and assist them in interpreting the results. That's really interesting. And definitely digital transformation is uh, the way the entire industry is heading. And is this one of the developments that you believe could particularly transform the precision medicine field? I think this is one of the that will transform the future of precision medicine. So let's circle back to the three pillars that we mentioned earlier about precision medicine, the diagnosis, treatment, and outcome monitoring. Each of these three areas are growing very, very quickly and have much, much scientific advance in the recent years. So looking ahead, I think as Natasha mentioned, big data artificial intelligence will be very, very important in medicine to help us to diagnose patients much faster, uh, much earlier, and also to help us monitor patients accurately. In terms of treatment, uh, treatment target therapy like uh, CAR T cells or bispecific antibodies will certainly revolutionize the landscape of cancer treatment. Natasha, any final words? Yeah, so uh, for me, you know, artificial intelligence and medical imaging in oncology could be very transformative. And it will enable us to extract more value from the wealth of imaging data that is now routinely generated during a diagnosis by, by applying new machine learning techniques to identify relevant genetic alterations, better characterize patients, and more accurately uh, also predict the future outcomes. This approach is still under development, but could potentially help identify new opportunities for existing therapies and speed up the clinical development process by making it quicker as Ed mentioned earlier, and easier to screen for specific alteration. Those alterations including FGFR mutation beyond the urothelial cancer, better characterized patients with MET dependence in an SCLC, and fine homologous recombination deficiency patients um, in prostate cancer. As such, it could become very transformative to better identify patients. Well, that, unfortunately, that's all we have time to discuss today. I'd like to thank you both, Letitia and Ed, for joining us and for your wonderful insights into precision medicine and particularly your examples of developments surrounding non-small cell lung cancer and multiple myeloma. On behalf of European Pharmaceutical Review, Janssen Oncology, Letitia Le Guilo, and 
Edmund Chan. Thank you for listening.